Hi, I'm Eric McEwen. And I'm Levi Weinhagen. And this is Regret Labs. Hi, Levi. Hey, Eric. How's it going? It's going well. Oh, good. I'm excited to talk about physics. Yeah, me too. I like physics. I don't know. Really? I don't. I'm not sure. I will say it's not like something I know a ton about. But I like Leonardo da Vinci, him and and I, the idea of him. The idea of Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he has got some connections to physical properties, like physics properties. He was made of physical properties. You're yeah. already hurting my brain. Okay. <laughs> hurtful. Literally hurtful. I don't think Leonardo da Vinci would have existed without physics. Well, first of all, thanks to everyone who listened to episode one of Regret Labs. Yes, thank you very much. And thank you for coming back. And welcome to our new visitors. Yes, exactly. Just a quick goings over of... I'm, <laughs> I'm already dumbing down my speech. Are you? Or are you being yourself? I'm being myself. All right. Admit, You're not dumbing uh, it down. You no, wish just, that's what would happen. What's happening? Right I now. thought I thought about the words I was going to say before I was going to say them, and I added those s's at the end or z's. If you want it to be cooler, mistakes z's. Z's. So this is Regret Labs. The premise is Levi and I are not trained in science, and we may have even sloughed off some sloughed off. Sure, they'll be on the skin episode. Sh- 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 we did not learn about it as much as we wanted to in school, and so this is our attempt to find the information and retain the information that we enjoy. We enjoy science, but we don't know a lot about it. And we're here to learn, but to admit we don't know anything so that we can be embarrassed so our listeners don't have to. Yes, we will make those mistakes. We will raise our hand in the air and ask the questions that make us look foolish. And I will say, if you have corrections uh, about anything that was said in our episodes... Yep, hit us up on Twitter, Regret Labs, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash regretlabspodcast, or regretlabs at gmail.com. You can email us there. There's nothing but opportunities. There's so many digital ways to contact us. So this episode is about physics. It is. We're going to have a guest later. We will. And he knows about physics. And we are going to explain to you in this first section what we understand right now about physics, which is not a lot. Or even less than that. Yes. I believe I stated this on the first podcast, but physics was not required in my high school. So I... You mean the subject. Yeah. If we needed it to... Oh, I'm not even going to get into... <laughs> don't what do it again. I, I don't... Because uh, gravity physics, it seems like that... I want to ask that question yeah. of, of our what, guest. What is physics? I think we're going to get into trouble right off the bat here yeah. trying to describe what it is. But physics wasn't required, so I took speech or, or theater class again instead of taking physics. So I know, I know little to none about physics. And my roommate in college double majored in physics and astrophysics hmm. so here i am but you are brilliant with speech <laughs> uh i i don't know if i have ever taken a actual like physics course but i was in a uh, in middle school you were in middle school i was in middle school it's hard to believe based on uh some recent science tests i've taken but i was in middle school and i was on a science olympics team where we would there were different events that you compete in okay and i was a part of the paper airplane team where you tried to make an airplane that could fly the farthest and that was really all physics like you had to design this airplane to have like the least wind resistance and the most lift and the right weight so that it would carry along and i believe so this is already getting vague 
that that is a that is a, about learning physics. I believe that's what the whole idea of this airplane competition was about. Is for us young people to go. This is what causes this. Th- yeah, yeah, totally. Because I think the whole what comes up must come down. That's a physics property. Sounds right. Correct. So we'll say well, both they'll, they'll throw gravity into physics. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like gravity must be one of the core theories in the world of physics. All right, so we've gotten our background on what our experience with physics or lack of Huge, huge, huge experience. I have or had a superhero guide to physics or what is it called oh yeah the superheroes guide like they would break down of what uh if superman could really fly what right. what, phys- what, what rules of physics he was breaking and not breaking and yeah didn't read it pretty sure i sold it back to half price books nice it you was... didn't even read it at all it was a little heavy oh. i tried it was you thought it'd be like a comic book no no i thought well i'm gonna be a smarty i'm sure i can get this because it uh, relates to comic books and it was just it was did you li- still a little say, dense. this is hard <laughs> <laughs> i just went back to sucking on my big lolly nice and you were wearing some short pants yeah um i have never read i know of that book it mm-hmm. was written by a minnesota author i believe yeah for, uh, he teaches or taught at the u of m he got laid off because everyone sold his books at half price books <laughs> uh, and bought them from half price books so there's probably copies there if anyone mm-hmm. wants to bone up definition of physics go ahead is Eric. it physics is the theories and laws that govern the universe i mean is that science or is that the theory and laws that govern the universe like all of them is that i don't know um because i yeah i'm i was trying to think you know in prep for this episode we do no prep you know we don't look at physics we don't look at books we don't look at definitions no Um, i've been actively avoiding avoiding, all of the physics that are thrown in my face every day (laughs) but it seems like the I don't know. I don't have a good definition for it. I know it's forces. So I think this is a physics thing. Mm-hmm. And that just the fact that I have to say physics thing, I already know <laughs> I'm sort of out of my depth. But if you have like a pillow sack, like two pillow sacks, one's full of a pound of feathers and one's full of like a pound of bricks. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a vacuum where there's no atmosphere, they'll fall at the same speed, I right. believe. But yeah. if you add... Resistance, their size, their weight, their relationship to the air, then one may fall faster than the other. I think there's a bunch of physics things at play in that. Yes. But that could also be totally wrong. That sounds like physics. Right? It does, right? Things falling, things being attracted to each other. Are magnets? Is that, or is that something else? They have to be attracted to each other. You think, you think magnetic attraction would be physics? Yeah. I think listening to the last episode, we, got down on ourselves quite a bit. But I think I sound even dumber than I did all of last episode already. I'm really glad you voiced that because I'm feeling the same way. Yeah. And I thought like that's an easy fallback to just be like, I'm feeling. But I think I what happened with the science episode and what's happening now is, oh, I know about physics. And then I start trying to talk. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about physics. It's the ability to talk intelligently about a topic, which I don't have maybe no. i can talk maybe it's too broad nah, well we should still have, we should we should as adults who are in their 30s we should still have a definition of physics in our head yeah i would think being game but we would be able to say something with confidence i think we should be able to say like here are two basic laws of physics mm-hmm. I, I should be i want to be able to do that in my life if someone's like what do you know about physics i want to just be able to just dole out like here well here are two laws of physics that i just i just have i know i want that so that is something i'm going to try to get from from, <laughs> from our, our guest from yeah 
Do you um, have anything else embarrassing to add? That I'm embarrassed or, about? Or, or, or that you want to attempt to explain about physics before? Oh, that I want to share right now? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really feeling like I don't know how to... I don't know what fits... I think it's more I don't know what fits into the category of yeah. physics. Because you're right. It's like, seems like every, it seems like it's all around us all the time. Like science felt so broad, but then is most science physics? Because it can't be. I know there's like geological sciences and there's Biology, chemistry. chemistry. And bio, yeah. So there's all that stuff. But I think maybe physics is at play in most of those areas as well. Like maybe it's something that touches a lot of places because nothing exists. It's, physics is like the context of our lives. Sort of what's always around us, always interacting with us all the time. And chemistry. And biology. <sighs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> to get smarter. Oh, no. We're trying to get smarter. Well, we have nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Let's uh, find our guest. We'll be right back. So welcome back. This is Eric and Levi. Hi. And we're joined here by Matt Kuzma. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Matt is here to talk to us about physics. But yes. first, well, do we want to do we want to get into who is Matt? Who let's is Matt? Do that. Yeah, let's do that first before we <laughs> slide into the sure. science. Sure. So um, the background that I have that is probably relevant and interesting to you is uh, that I studied physics at the University of Minnesota. And you got years ago. A's? I some A's. We need okay. to see your transcripts. <laughs> uh, I studied other things, and I also didn't get A's. Okay. Um, I worked in physics labs. I you know did um, worked uh, as a I guess an undergraduate assistant for a number of different research projects. So mm -hmm. if you've ever been to the Sudan mine up in uh, northern Minnesota, they have yes. a detector there that oh, I the helped. Neutrino? Yes. Really, you yes. worked on that? I did in the sense that I did materials aging testing, which was excruciatingly boring um, <laughs> and didn't have anything to do with <laughs> you're just aging materials Fun. yeah that's pretty much is it. that paint drying is that it's, the same thing it is very okay, similar good. yes um, except you put it in a warm environment so that it dries and deforms faster oh, okay yeah and then measure it very that carefully. sounds like an episode of doctor who yes. like an accelerated <laughs> aging room yes <laughs> okay sorry so you're legit in a sense uh <laughs> well great <laughs> i'm always going to qualify that because when you talk to real physicists they're careful to point out that just having a bachelor's degree doesn't really count right so like i have mm. this background but um now i'm a business analyst and don't have anything to do with that on a daily basis mm -hmm. so um, but yeah we got into that with maggie as well where mm -hmm. she works in science but she's not a scientist yeah. mm -hmm. she's graduated but well yeah, i have a lot of questions about business too so we could <laughs> <laughs> let's go down that, save that for another what's, time what's the quantum theory of business analysts and analysis uh, business. analysts no the yeah. analysts that do it yes uh all right What's your what's your uh, field of study, Eric? My field of speech? study is you said English and speech, yeah, right? English and speech. Oh, right. you're killing it! <laughs> My, uh, I took Talking Good 101 mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. at at the U of M. Matter of fact, this is nothing but praise for the U of M. <laughs> Experts all around. Um, all right. So, is, but, yeah. is there anything else you uh, feel would be uh, germane to your your bona fides or your background? Um, in one of my research projects, I played with very powerful lasers that could make you blind. Ooh. That's so that amazing. Was, yeah, it was fun. Is that why you wear glasses? Uh, no, oh. actually. Uh, the glasses that you need to wear for that are um, specially protective. And yeah, there was a whole thing about like incident reflections, like the tiny little bit of reflection of a laser off of something metal in the room could just Jeez. blind you instantly. Oh, so, yeah. What's that Val Kilmer movie? 
with lasers. Incident reflections, I think is. What <laughs> I think you're thinking of real genius. I am thinking uh, of real genius. It's a classic. That's immediately what I think of when it comes to lasers. Did you guys ever make a whole house full of popcorn? No, okay. no, but I did. Um, I okay, this is really lame because it was only something that I tried to do but never actually did. We'll but I, be the judges of that. I, <laughs> as lame experts, right? I, I I did think about rerouting the laser out of the room because the laser is you know immobile, but um, but mirrors mm-hmm. work, right? So getting a bunch of mirrors and trying to project it onto the moon to see if I could hit the moon. With this death laser. Yeah, right. Perfect. Right. Um, <laughs> and you didn't end up doing that. No, no. The, my my um, aspirations towards global domination ended right there. Yeah. So. He blew up the moon. <laughs> that would have been in the headline. <laughs> um, well, thanks for being here. Thank you for and having me. You informed Eric and I that you actually listened to this, the sort of initial science episode of the podcast. That's right. Uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> that's I that's one listener on <laughs> Stitcher or iTunes. Uh, yeah, we won't credit uh, all of the pod catchers. <laughs> I, I have to tell you right now, I think I pirated it. Oh, uh, great, great. That's fine. Uh, it's for free everywhere. Somebody, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, somebody sent me an MP3. and You can just give us the zero dollars in person oh, if you awesome. want. Okay. So I appreciate you doing your homework and also hearing we've not ever done our right. homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you said you had more to share on just the sort of general science topic. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think one of the most important things I think about uh, the scientific method that makes it uh, sort of distinguishes it from other ways of knowing things about the world is that it is widely regarded as the scientist's job to find the best possible test for his theory. So in other words, when you have a theory, you you say, this is what I think is true what is the best possible refutation of that theory that I could find out there? What is the best possible evidence I could find to disprove my theory? And then you go and look for it. So it's like the um, opposite of a confirmation bias. That's right. That's right. It's specifically designed to to get away from confirmation bias. And so, yeah, rather than trying to come up with reasons why your theory might make a lot of sense, and I mean, you do that at some point, but but then the next step is, okay, now I need to figure out what could possibly, you know, poke as many holes as I can and, and go out and look for the evidence that could disprove what I what I think. And in fact, before you get to that point, you know, the first test you have to say is, is my theory, I guess, testable? Is my theory something that has evidence out there that there, were, there could be evidence out there that could disprove it? So, yeah, anyway, because of that process, then there, you know, your job is to is to basically go out and try to disprove as much as you can uh, do as do the best job you can to disprove it. And then basically when you failed enough <laughs> To disprove your theory, then you have something worth maybe sharing with the rest of the world. Yeah, no, I love that. And then that, that seems very clear. Like your job is to go and do everything you can to find the whole... So that no I mean, because be you're going to share it with the world. Yeah, it'd be more embarrassing right. if someone else finds that right. uh, cold fusion doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so you really try to do the best you can. And, and there's a great movie if you're really interested in sort of like what it feels like to do science. Real genius? Uh, no. Yeah, we yeah. already brought that. I, <laughs> right. I want credit for bringing up the great science movie. Uh, uh, it's actually called Primer. Hmm. And it's about time travel hmm. and spoilers. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a movie about time travel. Spoilers. But the whole time that they're working on this thing, there's stumbling on it by accident and they have very much they've gotten the feel of what it is like to think you have results but not know because there's there's nobody telling you it's the right answer right so mm. you just have to go well, I think this is real it doesn't it feels real right and so that's kind of what it feels like and that's why you want to be as thorough as possible to to try to find all of the disproof you can yeah right? I, well that idea of testing everything as much as you can and trying your best to prove it wrong 
I feel like a lot of scientists and a lot of science-minded people maybe try to apply that to their whole lives. Yeah. You know, like, yep. uh, this, is a this is a relationship, but I'm going to see if I can find <laughs> any problems with it. And then if I can't prove that it's not working, then I got to accept. Well, and then, so then there's a, there's a really liberating thing that comes with that, which I use when I, whenever I try to cook, right? Which is that even if I screw up, I've gained data, right? I've, I've done science. Mm -hmm. So even if the experiment doesn't turn out the way you had hoped, you have gotten to a result. And as long as you've gone into it with honest inquiry, then you've done science. So every time I have a cooking failure, it's science. I think that's going to be my new modus operandi for parenting. That yes. is, oh, well, that wasn't right. But hooray, I'm, I'm, I've made progress. My daughter will understand. We're further <laughs> along than we better. were before. Uh, well, let's talk about physics. Sure. He said terrifiedly. Yeah. Uh, let's, do you, do you want to describe what we said? <laughs> I don't know. Matt, <laughs> Matt might leave. All right. Uh, well, I will what say. I, all right. Yeah. What I gave was just the, sounds so dumb, just the laws and theories that govern the universe. And that is so broad and, and think, not specific. I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. your vagaries are working. <laughs> No, the, the thing the thing about physics is that it was kind of one of the first, well, it was the first really truly hard science. Mm -hmm. And so at the time that it was named and sort of defined, there really wasn't any alternative. It was either you were studying physics or you were studying philosophy. So hmm. really what it is is sort of the very first science of the natural world in a lot of ways. Because it's so in your face? I mean, is that why That's, it was sort of confronted... Scientists were confronted by physics. Yeah, yeah. And or sort of early scientists. Like, what? I don't, they weren't probably called scientists then, but. Right, natural philosophers or, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it was just became like the exploration of the natural world, especially I think they, you know, there was this initial sort of distinction between living things and non living things mm -hmm. that I'm sure was there from the beginning, although I'm not really a science historian. So, right. uh, welcome to Regret, regret Labs. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you regret that you just said wigwet? Yes, right. I do. <laughs> so we're all in the same boat. Yes. No, no we're great. not. Oh, that's right. Matt's still in a nicer <laughs> boat than we are. Because <laughs> he made one mistake. But I think the heartwarming lesson here is that we all can regret something. Yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> that is heartwarming. Uh, we've gotten off topic. Or have we, since physics no, is all around us. Uh, <laughs> it's in your face. <laughs> so yeah, physics... I guess one of the things that's really exciting about uh, the current sort of scientific atmosphere is that physics especially, but I think more or, more or less all of the natural sciences for the last 300 years have been really focused on taking things apart to figure out how the pieces work. Mm -hmm. And only now are we starting to really put things together to figure out how the systems come together from the pieces. So a lot of like basic physics is what happens if you have a particle and how does it behave in a vacuum and how does it because we really want to get to like remove everything that might complicate the issue let's just figure out how this one thing works and that's how that's kind of what your first well probably the majority of an undergraduate class in or undergraduate course in physics is about it's it's about those basic laws that govern motion light energy so it, i like to try and come up with like a, a metaphor or an example because i'm mm -hmm. i can do word i can do word and ideas way better than science so is it like the past 300 years have been sort of dissecting the frog mm -hmm. and now is the time where we're trying to like build the robo frog right that like super frog <laughs> that can take over like yeah sort of so um i like that even a little yeah i'm happy with 
just a sort of sort of <laughs> yeah. a nice way of saying no, but I'll tell you yeah, it's something. Tentative. It's tentative, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so to give you a simple example, actually, um, I Robofrog's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So one of the people that uh, was working in sort of the same uh, track as I was was studying avalanches and. Specifically, she was studying the angle at which grains of various sizes would start to cascade, create an avalanche. Wow. And so that's a really simple example where you have a particle that's very well understood, but then when you put millions of them together, then it becomes less well understood. And then they're trying to, the goal is to try to get some rigor, some sort of quantified analysis around a sort of the, the bulk properties of something. So before you got here, mm-hmm. I mentioned things in a vacuum because I knew there was something there. <laughs> right, uh, you're right. The, the dropping things. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I said some nonsense about if you have a pound of bricks and a pound of feathers. You said and pillow bag. I did. I said they were in a <laughs> Which, which a is not something. I wanted them to be contained somehow. Like did you a mean case? case? I meant a pillowcase. Okay, good. How pillow dare bag. you? All right. Well, I said, sci- I said scientist coat last time. You're laughing. We had a good laugh. <laughs> you did say scientist So now coat. we got pillow bag. So I put on my scientist coat, get out my pillow bags. So now it sounds like we're trying to get outside the vacuum and acknowledge that yeah, and I, the I world think, doesn't exist in um, a vacuum. Right. So so that's something that I think is really sort of exciting about nowadays and, and the modern study of physics. But like I said, most of the cursory education you get or the I, sorry, cursory is a terrible word to use. Sorry, the U of M. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of the, the building initial, blocks. That's right. Yeah. Most of the building blocks come down to taking things apart. So anytime you can think of anything having to do with sort of the most basic laws of motion, of energy, of, um, you know, and then that energy gets into things like light and sound and and then you can get all uh, into sort of subatomic physics and then higher scale stuff and all that fun stuff. But mm-hmm. um, all of those are really about trying to get at the fundamental forces or the fundamental um, laws of nature. So would something like combustion be physics? I mean, would there be physics that you're talking about there? Is yeah, so there's, there's definitely physics involved. Yeah, and that's where physics and chemistry kind of cross over. And actually, when you start getting into anything sort of more complicated than an atom, when you start talking about multiple atoms, now you're getting closer and closer to chemistry territory. Mm-hmm. But really, there's a joke that you won't find funny at all, which is that... Um, oh, we love these science jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that really all that chemistry is, is the study of various solutions to the Schrodinger equation. So I find that very funny. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> Anything that ends with a dead cat reference <laughs> is a solid joke. <laughs> um, well, we were talking, Eric and I were talking before you got here, mm-hmm. behind your back. I said, I don't like Matt at all. Yeah. And, and I was like, you don't really show up. Well, you know him. Oh. Yeah. Oh, great. Levi. Another expert leaves. <laughs> Um, this is the sixth <laughs> podcast we've tried to record. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and it's episode two. Well, I said I wanted to, I wanted like two basic properties of physics. Like I, you know, I'm not going to know all of it ever. Sure. Because <laughs> I just can't retain much. But I, we were trying to kind of boil down how to talk about physics. And it's, you know, since an, an atom is sort of the basic thing, how do you boil down how you would explain physics to somebody? Like, oh, here's one thing that explains some some property in the world of physics. I can't even phrase this question properly. <laughs> sure. So um, you've probably heard that energy is neither created nor destroyed. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always the same amount of energy. That's right. Yeah. In the universe. Yes, in the universe. Plenty of energy leaves us at any given point in time. But, right. Um, but yeah, we eat, so, it, eat it again and then it... <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's good to and know. then we can stop talking about what happens because it gets grosser. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> But if we ever get Mary Roach on the show, That's we're right. going she right will into gulp it up. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. A large part of 
what you learn about in physics is about how energy can legitimately transfer from one way to another, you know, one form to another. So what happens as a result of that is that you get some really interesting interactions and now I'm kind of pedaling around in circles here. So no, I like it. I like, <laughs> I like to see the thought process. And I mean, we're in our intros, we're kind of stuck thinking and I'm vamping for you. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem for me is my thought process does not go anywhere. Right. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no end to that trip. <laughs> I get the idea that it's all about the journey, uh-huh. but I still feel like you need to be so somewhere. So it's like in Back to the Future 3 when you're going off the bridge, but you don't have a time travel plan to get out of it? Yes. All of my discussions about science are like Back to the, the Future 3. 3. They don't make a lot of sense, and they're kind of disappointing. And how Mary Steenburgen uh, ages in reverse somehow. She looks younger now than I she did. I did not notice that. Right? She looks very old and interesting. Back to the future. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a hair problem. What does did, that have to did do you about know, physics? I'm sorry, I have to I have to mention something yes. about Back to the Future because I heard it the mm-hmm. other day. Did you know that it uh, next year it's going to change genres? Back what? to the Future Two is going to change genres from science fiction to alternate history. Oh. Why? What? Because That's... everything that happens in it is it's now in the past. In the past. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> so you only have a limited amount of time to get that 3D Jaws out. It's, yeah, I think that's Seriously. what we're all kind of waiting for. Right, that and the hoverboards. What? Uh, 3D Jaws. <laughs> oh guys. yeah. Well, are hoverboards possible? That's a physics question. <laughs> they are actually. Um, you need to have some pretty narrow set of circumstances. You can't go hoverboarding around LA or anything. But how about Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota is a better chance because what you really want is superconducting magnets to help you repel, and those require really cold temperatures. So but we have all the lakes, and they can't go over water. That's right. Right. No. So that would be a problem. I thought I was Fact. asking a stupid question, but Matt goes around <laughs> and turns it into uh, science information. And we take good questions and turn them stupid. <laughs> We uh, got into back. What was that? Where so, were we? With I, I, we were talking about um, tell us a something basic physics. Con- something physicsy. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you just because I think it's really interesting. I'm gonna tell you what light is. Oh yes, good. Quick question okay. first: Is light a particle? Yes, but it's also a wave. Yes. Okay, good. Nice. Uh, that's something. Why are you I looking know? at your hand? What's written on there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, explain. Ex- explain um, what makes that so course, interesting. And weird. Well, of course, what you said is also true of every particle in the universe. Okay. Um, good. And, <laughs> also You're going to say that every time now. That's right. It's always going to be right. <laughs> I imagine that most of us in. Um, in a world of digital, of, of electronics, all this stuff, have some concept of what electricity is and what like an electric field is. So if I say the word electric field, do you know some words electric field? Do you? I think I understand it. I couldn't possibly explain That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. So, so it's a thing that happens when you have charged particles in isolation. They create an electric field and they repel other charges that are similar, attract others that are different. There's this well-known property of the electric field. Then there's also magnetic fields. Um, That's that band. Right, yes. <laughs> Um, Magnetic fields, how do they work? Hard when they get in the studio. Um, Was that a Juggalos reference? It was. (laughs) Sorry. No, that's okay. You want to talk about Insane Clown Posse for a while? (laughs) (laughs) That's little known. The the fifth force of nature is the Insane Clown Posse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
so magnetic fields come um, come about from moving charged particles, and they come about from moving electric fields. Um, so there's electric fields in the Earth's core, is rubbing against yeah, yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's kind of... actually a current in the in the Earth's core that's generating magnetic field, just like there's a current inside basically every atom that's generating a small electric field. Okay. The reason that a magnet exhibits sort of these special properties is that tiny fraction, but a significant fraction of them are all aligned, so that the magnetic fields all line up from all of the various atoms inside the, the material to create this magnetic field that then extends beyond the material. Whereas there's tons of magnetic fields inside you, mm -hmm. they just don't go anywhere because they cancel each other out because of randomness. Anyway, this was all a very long way of saying. No, that was awesome. That was an. That, I thought if that was if that was it, that would be. I got really interested excited. already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent. This is all a long way of saying that uh, whenever you have a changing electric field, it creates a magnetic field. So um, as current moves through a wire, that creates a magnetic field around that wire. And if you change that a lot, you get a lot of magnetic ripples, and that will create things like radio waves. And that's how antennas work, and all sorts of cool stuff there. But anyway, so this changing electric field creates a magnetic field, which is also itself changing as the, as the electric field changes. A changing magnetic field can also create an electric field. And those two processes can repeat forever. Hmm. And in fact, when they do, that is a light wave. So literally all the light in the universe is oscillating electric and magnetic fields, creating themselves in perpetuity out into space. Wow. I feel a little smarter, actually. Is that like cold fusion, where you're trying to create <laughs> energy that sort of keeps replicating itself? It, it's, it's subtly different from cold fusion in that it's real. Well, that's what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's the, is but, that why people think they can make cold fusion happen? Because that ex there's that idea that... Uh, they actually have much more complicated justifications yeah. for it. <laughs> well, I, and I, yeah. Uh. But yeah, so now the reason we start talking about, well, there's a particle and there's a wave is that, um, as it turns out, anything that can be described as waves can also be described as particles to varying degrees of success. So like waves in the ocean, you're not going to get very useful particles out of that. It doesn't mm -hmm. make a lot of sense. But we've figured out over time that that light waves can only get so small and eventually you have some what it's called a quantum of energy the indivisible unit of light and then they named that the photon so a single photon is the smallest possible packet of light energy it still exhibits many properties of a wave which is confusing if you think of waves as on the water and particles as a ball but they're kind of at this scale where those two things are kind of mixed this is like a much more interesting wikipedia oh yeah do you have a, some, something else you want to click on yeah, yeah no, this is, this <laughs> is uh, it, 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 it fills my ears with goodness <laughs> Here I, uh, I majored in talking good. Yeah, you did. So, um, so uh, hey, Matt, you were saying too many smart things. We want to bring a little <laughs> dumb to the table. We got we got to bring it back to our audience. Who we we're trying to make this like accessible. <laughs> I'm just glad you distracted from the fact that I'm actually just reading off of Wikipedia. Yeah, wow, well, that was Eric's subtle way of uh, acknowledging that. We should have done that podcast. You know, we read from Wikipedia. And sound smart. <laughs> we could we could have called it Smart Guys. Yeah. So, uh. uh a particle is what? How would you just de <laughs> describe? Because you, you 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 know you picture it in your head, but what what does that entail? And what does it have to do with particle board, which mm -hmm. is like the worst boards you can buy at yeah. Home Depot? It is, yeah. That just seems like a bunch of broken bits pushed together. So particles, we're not talking about atoms. We're talking about smaller things. We're talking about... Right. So, yeah. So an atom is necessarily multiple particles. Mm -hmm. Humorously, it was sort of named the same thing 
So the, the word atom means mm. something that is indivisible. Um, but it's divisible. But it is, in fact, divisible. And that's divisible. how you explode the world. Yes. And then quantum is also supposed to mean the smallest indivisible piece. And those are two different words that were applied at two different times in physics history. So at the time that people thought of the atoms, they really did think that was the, the smallest divisible piece. And it took a hundred years for somebody to start really breaking those apart. So they weren't too wrong. But, so then how do we know we won't go deeper on the quantum and get... And we don't in a lot of ways. So I don't want to steal from Eric's question about <laughs> no, what is right. a particle. <laughs> right. So, the, so the, the thing that could get very confusing is that when I said a, a photon is the smallest packet of light, light energy, yeah. that's true for a given frequency. So for example, the color red, and, and just for the sake of argument, let's pretend there's really only one color red. The color red, right, when, when there's the smallest piece of, of red light that you can get is a photon of a certain energy. It, the color blue has a much higher energy to it. So the smallest piece of blue light, a blue photon is going to have more energy in it than a red light, than a red photon. And there are mechanisms where you can basically take that energy out of the out of the world realm of light, put it in some other form, and then re-emit it as a different kind of light and effectively end up having smaller pieces that come out. So would they be different colors yes. though? Then? Yeah. yeah. So it actually would change into sort of something else yes. slightly. Right. And that's why that's the smallest form of that. Right. Exactly. And that that's significant in a number of things that you can observe in the real world, most notably, I would say, in, in terms of the color of things in the real world. So mm -hmm. as an example, the reason that glass is clear is because it is incapable of absorbing any of the photons in the visible spectrum. The reason that it is incapable of absorbing those is because they don't have enough energy to excite the atoms in the glass, and so they can't absorb. One of the things about quantum physics that I think is most interesting and most confusing mm -hmm. is that... When you talk about, let's say, a red photon isn't enough energy to excite a glass atom, hmm. it doesn't matter how many red photons you have. You could have an infinite number of red photons. They'll never be enough because they don't work together in a meaningful way at the quantum level. So like glass atoms are kind of like teenagers. Like yes. They're just unimpressed with I everything. I don't know where you're going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Just, yes. it's, it's a deep malaise. Right. Yeah. That's right. So <laughs> I was just trying to make it accessible to my dumb brain. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, a lot of the colors that we see around us come from the fact that certain materials are capable of absorbing light of various wavelengths. And the reason they're capable of doing that is because those wavelengths of light have enough energy in their photons. In like one photon of that of that light is enough energy to interact with that material. And it doesn't absorb other colors for the exact same reason. There's not enough energy. So the colors we see are the the colors of the spectrum that aren't being absorbed and are being reflected back. Is that right? Yeah, and it's or actually is it the other way. It's a it's a complicated mix. So okay. just very briefly, the you can see things because they come from a source. Right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty obvious, right? Like you're a light bulb, like the light above our heads, exactly, or the sun in the sky. What a great <laughs> what a great and loud example. <laughs> Let me uh, take off my top hat here now that my voice is done. <laughs> You're going to come down off the soapbox too. Very presentational. <laughs> nice. And you can also, you can see things that were basically, that failed to be absorbed. So uh, as an example, the light from the sun actually is all the light that failed to get absorbed by the atmosphere, right? Right. And if it had been absorbed, you wouldn't see it. So and we're seeing failure. That's right. <laughs> The sun regrets all the light that can't get to Earth. You guys are seeing only the things I can't <laughs> handle. 
Uh, and then, of course, I'm personifying the sun. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. Yeah. Anthropomorphizing. Yeah. Something. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think the sun is filled with constant regret but. and a desire to give people raisins. <laughs> that's uh, copyrighted. <laughs> really? Just saying that? Uh, Good luck staying they... on point. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing is you can you can see something that was absorbed and then re-emitted. So is that how glow in the dark stickers work? That is sort of. Hmm. That seems more. Yeah, there's a little bit more absorbing light. Yeah, there's a, like a chemical thing going on in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, technical term, chemical thing. You're not our chemical expert, right, yeah. so don't worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you were though, I'd want to talk about scratch and sniff too, because oh, yeah. what's happening there? Yeah. Let's leave the chemistry to the chemists. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> like, why doesn't an electron jump from one level to the other of, so, of energy? That's that's all chemistry. <laughs> Nothing to do with physics. <laughs> I actually think what you should do is you should have one uh, one large roundtable where you have a bunch of experts all oh. talking about things they don't know anything about. That's the live show. It's oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Absolutely forbidden from talking about your area of expertise. Oh, wow. Ooh, I like that They'll idea. still be smarter than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I'm not an expert at that, but I have read books. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> Touche. What's wrong with you guys? Uh, so, know. yeah, going back to the... Um, the sunlight example yeah the sun looks a little bit yellow when you're here on earth because some of the blue light that we should be getting here is getting scattered by the atmosphere mm-hmm. then that blue light kind of finds its way back down to us and that's why the atmosphere looks blue that's why the sky looks blue and and then of course the sunlight can hit something and uh, there's a whole bunch of absorption that happens and then re-emission and then that thing gives the colors that it has when it could be like the grass or the trees or whatever and that's absorption and re-emission so everything you're seeing is this complicated mix of stuff getting emitted and absorbed and, and re-emitted wow that's a lot of stuff so one of the things i think is interesting i'm just going to totally go off in a different direction which yeah, is that's, um, well I mean, we've been look. staying on topic but if you want right. to if you want to veer <laughs> off i guess you know uh, the interesting thing about Back to the Future 3. <laughs> um, you, you may already know that we have ears. And Hold on. That, that oh, they, God. <laughs> you slow it down. Okay. And uh, they're, on the, they're the things on the sides of your head. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're good at detecting sound, right? Yes. Sound is vibration through materials. It's just um, sort of more organized wave that goes mm-hmm. through. On that metal. note, just a quick mm-hmm. note, we took that. You took that eighth grade test today? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, there was a question about what kind of energy is emitted when you strum a rubber band. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't, what I were guess. the options? It was, it was the, the only one that made sense was sound. Okay. Yeah. And I'd Good. never, I mean, I'd never thought of sound as energy, energy I yeah. guess. But that's, you know. Even though you studied speech. I, I studied Good word talking? Uh, yeah. Oh, what was it? Sorry. What class did I take? But yeah, it's... In uh, Eric's experience, sound yeah. or noise always makes you more tired, right? <laughs> talk, talking always makes you... <laughs> no. It's a real problem for a talker. So, just, uh, <laughs> just to bring back how dumb we are. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of nervous about not getting the energy right of a rubber band. <laughs> what, what a rubber band emits. So, sound uh, in your ears. Yeah. So... Um, vibrations right so so that is in many ways analogous to your eyes seeing light Hmm. but ears are designed to be good in certain ways and for certain reasons designed is a bad choice of words but they've um, they've evolved to be the best at a certain yes so eyes are good in a way that ears are not and vice versa Mm -hmm. so whenever you hear a chord 
in of music or many voices in a room you don't have a hard time distinguishing between the different sources of sound mm. even though they're overlapping constantly and creating a kind of a big mess of energy but they don't blend together in right. a confusing right by contrast your eye can't tell the difference between orange light and yellow and red light combined if it's in the same place shining in the same direction that sort of thing your eye just really can't tell the difference we don't see the layers those. that's right you the don't way see we the, can hear yeah, the layers that's right so you could have a cord of light but you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and a single note on the other hand eyes are very good at spatial separation so they can tell, tell the difference between light coming from there and light coming from one step over from there whereas ears are not quite as good at that so you can trick your ears by making something sound farther away by making it quieter right. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is yeah farther away so really where i'm going with this is that both phenomena have the same sort of basic rules, which is that there's a spectrum of frequencies and there are sources and, and, and then sinks, things that use them up, and they get kind of scattered around the universe. But because spatial representation is very important for vision, our eyes are better at distinguishing that. And because spectrum resolution, the ability to tell one pitch from another, is very important for sound, our ears are very good at that. So what that means for sort of things that you can observe in your daily life, and, and there really is this spectrum of light, so there really is such, such a thing as orange light, but your eyes really can't tell the difference between that and yellow and red light combined. Huh. And that's why LCD monitors work the way they do, because they have a little bit of red and a little bit of green, a little bit of blue, and they can mix those colors and that's enough to trick your eye into thinking that you're seeing orange. Right. But if there was something in that way to make sound, it wouldn't work the same That's way. right. You just hear the chords. Yeah. You just hear three notes of varying loudness. I think I finally get what we were getting <laughs> You at. understand TV now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah so yeah. red and yellow can trick you into... There's orange wavelengths. Mm -hmm. There's actual orange frequencies. But also red and yellow can fool us yeah. into thinking it's orange yes. but it's not orange those two combined are still two different wavelengths right yeah they're still two different light wavelengths and if you had something other than the eye to sort of spread that spectrum out like say a prism mm -hmm. you would be able to see the the sort of the peaks of that spectrum you'd be able to see that there's some yellow and there's some red but no actual orange that and that is a fun thing hold a prism up to like colored light or a tv see what happens yeah i never tried it with actually like a because the problem with the TV is that there's all this light coming from all these different angles, right? There's a huge screen of yeah. it. And so then the prism is just going to be kind of a mess, I think. That's my theory. I could test it. You could. Try to prove it wrong over and over again until you're just like, I just want to watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I ruining my TV experience with this stupid prism? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to jump to that last step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, forget it, everyone. Just use the prism outside on the actual light. Do you have something else you wanted to ask about, Eric? I didn't come in with any specific physics questions because I didn't have a definition of <laughs> physics. Um yeah, please help was just the question. Yeah, just the explanations of the different phenomena mm -hmm. Yeah, are enough to at least pique my interest into the wonderful world of physics. <laughs> Hold uh, on, my top hat came back on. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. It was on loose, though. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to know if there are, like... Something uh, like this is something everyone should know. I mean, the stuff you said, I think, was stuff we should all know. Right. And I, I want to know that stuff too. So one, one quick thing. Yeah. After go. Uh, our first episode, I got, Chlamydia. I became afraid oh, of using the word fact. Oh, yeah. In, in accordance with science. But there are scientific facts, right? They say 
I, 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 Wikipedia yes. told me. How <laughs> oh, dare you? Um, so, I mean, there's, there's, it's the best. Because we talked about a theory as a, a way of describing a collection of facts, but I know it was a little gray. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to some degree, you're just in the, in the danger of getting into semantics that really aren't worth distinguishing about, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean. And then there's, there's truth too, which is a whole other. Right. Right. Which is a fundamental, fundamental trait of particles, actually. Truth. 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 Truth and beauty. Yeah, beauty, truth. Yeah. Um, specifically, there are six kinds of quarks: up quarks, down quarks. Um, <laughs> left, truth. right, left, right, behavior. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, truth quarks, beauty quarks, strange quarks, and charm quarks. And that is just because physicists like naming things goofy things. Right. And it's like a Dr. Seuss ball. Yes. And if you put them all together in an amulet. <laughs> You can open up the secret door. But it may be Pandora's <laughs> box. Yeah, the secret door called radiation. No. Uh, so, facts. okay, so facts, yes. But, uh, so, so part of the problem is that calling everything a theory gets a little bit cumbersome, tiresome, right? Yeah, and theory is gets misunderstood yes. by people arguing Right, it's got a casual it. usage problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, it's just a theory. Yes. Like, no, that's an idea. That's right. a total... <laughs> Yeah, and so there there are certain scientific theories that are so old, and so basically we failed to disprove them for three hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eventually just decide, okay, it's not going to happen. Like uh, gravity, right? Yeah. That's a, a good example. You know, other things like the the laws of thermodynamics and mm-hmm. uh, the laws of motion. So some of those things become the reason that they get called laws is because we've seen enough examples of them being true in enough situations that eventually we just sort of say, well, it's no longer really a theory. And it's still technically everything in science is still a theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be disproven. Right. Right. Tomorrow maybe. But I would be okay saying like, it's a fact that cells divide. If I'm talking about yes. mitosis or meiosis or. And then right? everyone's like, sir, just tell me what you want. <laughs> I want two burgers. Okay. Fine. Two. Uh, the cells divide guys here again. <laughs> Yeah, so I wouldn't get too bent on a shape about facts versus okay. theories, unless you're debating somebody who's crazy. But if I want to say, here's an interesting fact, I don't say, here's an interesting theory. Right. But there, but that's more of trying to communicate with... Sure, well, then you get into the, the other problem, which is that um, before you can really have a fact, right, you just have data, which mm-hmm. you've, you've collected, which really just comes from observations, which maybe that was your observation bias, and so maybe they're not really true at all right so it's all a house of cards ah primer yeah <laughs> is that your say that's your safe word now primer, primer <laughs> help get me out of here <laughs> sorry do you feel a little safer using the word fact eric yeah but i still think it's it it's 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 risky territory yeah yeah it's the same with truth well, here's my, maybe more importantly, do you feel like you can confidently fake pompous, use the word fact, knowing you're saying something that's wrong? Because I know that's a hilarious comedy thing you like to do. <laughs> like in a show, you can still go like, and that's a fact when you've just said something that's absurd. That's a thing I like to do? Totally, yeah. I don't recall I don't, that at all. You should really watch yourself more on stage. I cannot stand myself. <laughs> And that's a fact. <laughs> so, what's this, uh, Levi, you were saying <laughs> before I interrupted your, the awkward question asking of last week. Okay. You've, uh, you've, it's become more succinct. No, no I, I just was wondering if there is a thing in the area of physics that you would say, hey, here's something everyone should know. Pretty basic, easy to understand, easy for them to repeat. Maybe it's even like a, 
hey, you're at a party and you want to be able to show off that you know something. Sure. This would be a thing you would say. So one of my favorite sort of early concepts from physics is um, the inverse square law. Go I've on. heard those words before, <laughs> All right. but do not know what it means. Okay. I don't even have an idea. Like some things I can't describe. This, I don't even have an idea in my head. Excellent. What it means. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about it then. Yes. I, I don't know how much geometry you're, you know of, but or how familiar you are with geometry, but you may know that the surface area of a sphere mm-hmm. is proportional to the square of the radius. Uh, yes, I know that that's true. Okay. I'll have to check Wikipedia. So if you have a source of energy that is emitting energy. I don't really care what kind of energy it is. We we can go with light and we can say this is the sun. Yeah. When it emits an amount when it emits some amount of energy, it has to emit that in all directions. If you take one sort of infinitesimal instant worth of energy, that's going to go out in a sphere in all directions. Mm-hmm. So the intensity of that energy is going to be spread out over that sphere. As the sphere gets bigger, it has to coat more space so it gets less intense, right? Right. So the intensity of light from the sun goes down as the area that it needs to cover goes up. So because the area of a sphere is proportional to the radius squared, the intensity is proportional to the inverse of that. So that's the inverse square law. So you get twice as far away from the sun and the light gets one quarter as bright. You get three times as far away and it gets one ninth as bright. Hmm. That happens to be true of any point source of energy, including me talking and any yeah anything that's going on in the sort of the world around you i wouldn't call you a point (laughs) he's an energy source Mm -hmm. i'm feeling warmer just by the the sound vibration oh well i lit your shoe on fire oh it's a hilarious old game (laughs) as we call a bad control (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean it happens in kind of it happens in, in all sorts of situations where you say um you might be trying to sort of measure the the intensity of something it's always going to go down like the you know the inverse of the square so so is, is that's why things are quieter the further you get away yeah is that that's that the is, reason that is really the reason yes okay. is because the energy is going in all directions and it um, has to sort of spread out more and more the further away you get i mean when you think about it that makes sense but you just living life you just know i'm further away from someone so they're going to be quieter yeah Right, rather than there's less coming my way. Right. Because it's sort of dissipating. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really awesome, actually. I like that a lot. Super. Uh, I want to remember all this stuff, <laughs> but I fear it won't. Uh, Pretty sure all I'm going to remember is your top hat. <laughs> it's purple. I... <laughs> Thank you for Thank that. You. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any more questions, Eric? I think I just had the one question at the beginning. Yeah. Of... <laughs> that, that it... What is physics? What is physics? <laughs> um do you have anything else? No, I I want to uh, I want to say thanks. Um, sure. Was there anything you f- you felt like you needed to add, Matt? That I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of things you could talk about, and then I would love to hear more about. Yeah, I feel like I could probably just you know talk about physics for a really long time. I have to say, you have a very good way of describing it without making us feel dumb. Yeah, you're not condescending at all, despite how easily you could be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm giving it, you nothing but opportunities. Thanks. But. I understand what you're saying, Good. which is, it, it seems like it could be a, a hard task yes. <laughs> for someone trying to explain things, because I know even in teaching improv, sometimes I have a hard time explaining concepts and and why things are. So being able to 
Yeah, and I have to say that uh, I guess I'm somewhat, you know, I, I heard about the sort of the idea for your podcast here and I thought it was really a fun idea and it's interesting, but I feel like you are handicapping yourselves in a lot of ways because just having a conversation about something doesn't really lend itself well to like learning learning yeah right yeah <laughs> no, that's a good point coming coming here with no preparation and and sort of talk well i guess you didn't tell me not to prepare um that's that was true. my own doing but <laughs> well that makes me feel worse all this information was right there in your head <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know what would have happened if you'd prepared. Is there a way for people to find anything that you're up to on the internet? Or you do you do things on the internet? No, I don't really. Engage? I don't really share my life with the world at all. I can get behind that because so. that's the exact opposite of what <laughs> I do. That's the inverse square of you. No, that's not quite right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Time to misusing the analogy. <laughs> T minus five minutes. I totally get it. <laughs> Inverse furlough is just the opposite of what we were talking about. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, backwards day. Hey, yeah, that's the same thing. I'm walking on the ceiling. It, oh, it's yeah. actually just a mathematical equation for irony. Hmm. Inverse square? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's exactly the same thing. Good. Anything you don't know, it's that. So how would... We're so new to this experience of trying to learn through guests. So mm -hmm. is there, from your observation, is there a... Is there something else we could What's do? What's next steps to go about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do we deepen our understanding? So, what should we read? Right. Where should we go online? How many uh, times should we watch Cosmos? <laughs> many. Actually, I, I have to tell you, when you said said come and and talk at me about science, I had a really hard time not just cribbing from Cosmos because <laughs> that show's really good. It is it's really good. Newsflash! I'm, I'm so glad it's yeah. back. I was worried when I was like, is this Seth MacFarlane? Right. <laughs> yeah. So the I guess the the guy that really got me sort of turned on to physics first was a physicist named Richard Feynman. Mm -hmm. And he's he's done some lectures. There's uh, something I think he did called Six Easy Pieces. If you really don't want to like worry too much about learning physics, you just want to know about the guy. There was a book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, which is awesome. And he has a bunch of books hilarious. too, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. And I'm sure that you could also find video on the internets of him because he's kind of funny he is like, yeah yeah he's an interesting guy he was also he's done kind of a, an amazing array of things throughout his life so he was you know he worked on the manhattan project and mm -hmm. and then later on he was the one who sort of who found the flaw in the challenger shuttle that caused the. um so he sort of did the forensics on that so mm. interesting. kind of across the board he's, he's done a lot of really cool stuff but he also just had a, a gift for sort of explaining things in a way that isn't overwhelming and and also being a little bit funny so are all his books like that or is there a very good, is there like an entry point book for the beginner? Yeah, I don't think that I, it's been a while too since I, I would have a hard time recommending one in particular, but, okay. um, but, but definitely good. check some stuff out right by him. Yeah. Right. I feel like Feynman's books are the kind that would be at like the half price books and yeah, the libraries. Probably. Yeah. You benefit a little bit from the fact that he was really popular and maybe is less so now. So. Mm -hmm. the half price books is when i started getting interested in science again after the great drought of <laughs> high school to college yes um there was just a lack of books out there for someone trying to reintroduce themselves without like i i guess i just pick up a biology book from mm -hmm. like a college course or something but yeah, that's tough yeah and that's that's not a good no it's not a good read and it, it's hard yeah, to explain I, but but i found unlike, dawkins for evolution was good dawkins, but i couldn't i, I don't um, know who else is at that bill bryson's of. uh complete history of nearly everything is it that, that one just covers called? too many topics <laughs> yeah 
but it but it's a great uh you know just a beginner book to maybe get interested in science and think about it a different way i guess asimov's science books not science fiction but uh he wrote uh some good basic science books but and just, then l ron hubbard's dianetics right <laughs> but yeah just these books that people can get into without buying a college book to learn about mm-hmm. biology so yeah Feynman in physics is a great suggestion and that's perfect we should ask more guests about that yeah I'm gonna go get some Feynman books to read right now <laughs> see you suckers Bye, Levi. <laughs> well let's <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> so there's so many things that you read on the internet that you just read the headline mm-hmm. and then you don't bother with the article. And Most then it, things. And then it's like, oh, that's a fact in my brain now. <laughs> and one of them was saying so at the beginning of a sentence really discredits anything you're about to say. Or basically. Yeah. Hmm. So thank you for being here, Matt. <laughs> basically, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been great. Uh, I feel, I do feel smarter. Or how do I feel... Like I, I like know more. Smarter I, isn't a good way to put it. I have a clarity and I have a, a more openness to pursue more information on the topic, mm-hmm. which I think is more important than I don't feel like I know. I don't feel like, oh, I now I know everything. But now right. I feel like, oh, I'm interested in a way where I'm not terrified to just feel stupid. Yeah. And I have a better grasp on what physics is. And we'll see <laughs> if that remains in a week. I'm really excited. To and I to will <laughs> continue to use inverse square wrong. <laughs> it's like when uh, you go to McDonald's and they put the hamburger outside the wrapper. That's the inverse square. <laughs> That's the inverse square law. <laughs> I thought that was cellular division. <laughs> oh, no. Really, how many hamburger analogies? It's really hard to keep track of your hamburger analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you. Hey, Eric. Hey, Levi. We're, we're, we're back. We're back. We're a week out from our physics discussion. Yeah, it feels like... Not it feels that, longer to it me. Does feel, it feels <laughs> like it's say. been ages. Yeah. Um, it, feels like it, it feels like it should be amount of time where I should have forgotten some things. Yes. It's not. No, it's a not. week it's a you week think out. I can remember something for a week. Yeah. But I don't think I remember very much. All right, let's start at the basics. Go, okay. The definition of physics is the study of how energy and matter work and interact. Yes, I believe that's right. Does that sound right? I I thought there was a third thing in there. Energy, Energy, matter. matter. Is it the transformation of the two? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's the the exchange of energy between Mm -hmm. different... Different states. Yes, sort of groups of matter, right? Uh Like that... Sounds right. That's where physics happens. Yeah. Uh, that's the study of physics. Yeah, so I remember that. I, I remember the I remember the Do you remember inverse square? The inverse square oh, rule yeah. that I misused immediately. Right. right, right. On purpose though, right? Yeah. Right? Uh well to a point. Was that a for a, a I was laugh? intentionally using it wrong mm-hmm. to hide the fact that I still quite don't I don't know that I could use it right in casual context. Right. I think I get it, but I don't it still requires a certain amount of math. Like you have to figure out what the square of something is. The radius, radius, not diameter. It was radius. Yeah, definitely. there's a ra- yeah. And what was that? What was that for? What was that? It was just a thing that you can see everywhere. He was talking about how that is something you find throughout. Yeah, I, I can't explain <laughs> it. I, but I there was a can't. was it a power thing? 
what was the inverse square? Yeah, as, the, as it dissipates, the energy oh, that, dissipates because yeah, yeah, yeah. it spreads right. out more. That's what I, I remember. I remember the words inverse square. And I remember a uh, picture of the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and as something gets bigger, something happens. But I forgot what happens, and it's it's the uh, dispersal. Yeah, the energy, energy spreads out more yeah, before yeah. it reaches us. That's a good thing to know. Thing. I think it is. Maybe yeah. if I had noticed energy dissipating during the week i would have said oh yeah hey look at that we talked about it in the context of sound too which i found Mm -hmm. really interesting yeah and that's that's definitely something that you experience every day and matt was talking about how the the difference between sight and hearing yeah i definitely remember the eyes being tricked by red and yellow light into thinking it's an orange wave right when it's really there are orange waves and the ear not being able to do that right it can't it can't layer like that it just hears it all was that the interesting fact no, the inverse square was physics? his his interesting fact. Okay. But he that that actually was really cool. I, that seemed really clear to me. That yeah, it was easy to your eyes can separate those colors, mm-hmm. but your ears are just like sound. It's all coming from <laughs> a place. Yeah, I found that really interesting. Uh, I haven't really applied it in the last week, or like mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened totally, but I have not gone like, oh, hey, there's that thing happening right now. Right. Um, maybe that would be something we should try and do. Like in our week between, we should. Try to find Observe. examples of that in our lives and report back, hey, the That's thing we talked idea. about, I noticed it in this situation. Yeah. All right. I like that idea. We so, should do that so for next time. Keep an time. eye out for the next episode. Right. <laughs> we will try to remember to do that. Uh, I feel like there's a, a lot I'm forgetting. But maybe some of it is, you know, we talked a lot about light and color. Yes. And some of that stuff I knew because I took color theory in college, which was about... The mixing of colors and the, you know, the reflection of light and yeah. the consumption of light. Not, consumption is probably the wrong word. Absorption yeah. or reflection. We did talk about the absorption reflection stuff. Yeah. I asked about gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we could, we hit on some of the highlights. Um, I, so I think I maybe retained a little bit. I Did you go and get a Richard Feynman book? Did you like, I didn't, not seek yet. anything out? Did you? Um, I, I, it's in my like wait list. I mean, my Amazon like Wish list, list of yeah things I may decide to order, mm-hmm. but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Oh, I might just go to the library or Half Price Books. Yeah, I should just go down to Half Price Books. Hey, dot we'd com. like to thank our sponsor. <laughs> we'd also like to ask for a sponsor yes. so we could thank them. So do you feel like you know more about what? physics is and can you speak to it i feel like i I know a little bit more i do need to find tools to reinforce the things i've learned Mm -hmm. so i think i probably that that thing of looking forward in everyday situations to reinforce the information being able to observe the days right afterwards Mm -hmm. i think i could be more thoughtful about that right and that will it seems like that will help you Stick the information more. Yeah, I need to make it stickier. Yeah. I, I, I learn a lot more by hands-on and less by reading and lectures. Yeah. So I, I learn by doing more than anything. Finding those experiences and trying to note it in our everyday life would be helpful in grounding that. Yeah. So here's the thing I'm going to do okay. for the next few days after this, at least. I'm going to try to find a chance every day, once a day, where I notice something and go, oh, look, physics. And I want to say it out loud. I'm going to You're gonna I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna oh, say, look, oh, look, physics. physics. Um, I'll probably be alone or maybe be with oh, well, my daughter that... or something. <laughs> um, but if I'm around other people, I still may just go, oh, look, physics. I'm going to do that. And so if anyone else wants to 
have fun. If you could just exclaim, oh, look, when you see physics. Are you afraid of the questions that will bring if you are around people? No, because our whole idea is to keep asking questions. Yeah. So if we get other people to ask questions, even if it's what's wrong with you, right? still, that's, a, that's, a, that's something. And if they say, what are you talking about? I can say, oh, well, I just observed this, this act of physics in yeah. the world that I just learned about from my friend Matt. If you'd like to know more about it, check out this great podcast. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I... I had a, I have a better understanding of a few core concepts of physics. I mm-hmm. still do, as I said before, have an interest in going a little deeper. Yeah, I think if we read some Richard Feynman, and I think if we have uh, physicists in here with specific... Like an astrophysicist. Yeah, or somebody just with a specific field of yeah. physics that we can get more into detail on. That'll be... But if other people want to suggest resources for us, yep, maybe... They... You listen to the show, but you do know about physics or you read about them. Uh, Twitter's a great place. If you tweet at Regret Labs, say, hey, Eric and Levi, you guys should read this book or watch this video on YouTube. Or yeah. We will do it, though. You we, should know we're going <laughs> to we're, we're, do it. We're, yeah. If, if people come through with 100 suggestions, maybe we'll have to pick and choose. But I'm not so scared of that. No, no. Please, overwhelm us. Yeah. I dare you. You can leave us a note on facebook.com slash regretlabspodcast or at regretlabs at gmail.com or just go to our website, regretlabs.com. You no, know it would be a fun thing, Eric. What? What if they wrote a iTunes review and in their review they gave some recommendations of- That's a great idea. Books or things to check out. It would be like a fun game. If you haven't already, this is extremely helpful to us. If you go to iTunes or if you go on your podcast app on your iPhone and go in and subscribe to Regret Labs, rate it. Fives would be great, but, you know, we're not going to force your hand if you think we deserve a three. Well, we'll try harder. Um, And then review the podcast. Those are three separate metrics that iTunes looks at to tell how popular a podcast is and how other people find the show. So if you have... Three minutes. Three tops. minutes. Yeah. Three minutes tops. Uh, we would sincerely appreciate. Yeah, you would make two struggling podcasters <laughs> very more happy than that kind of thing should make us, it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I watch it more than I should. He does. Eric sends me emails. <laughs> hey, did you see? And I did see because I was also watching. I want to thank everybody who listened to our physics Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Please share it with your friends if you find it interesting or enjoyable. Thanks again to Matt Kuzma for coming by and teaching us about physics, even when we didn't even know how to describe physics. He's a hero. He's a hero of knowledge. Absolutely. So uh, what should everyone do, Eric? Keep asking questions. Regret Labs is hosted by Eric McEwen and Levi Weinhagen. Music produced and performed by Dieter. Podcast art by Lem Pugh and Kirsten Kewen. Regret Labs is a Noise Picnic production. Please visit us at noisepicnic.com. <laughs>